Off the ball. Cristiano Ronaldo was offered to numerous clubs in the summer and no deal could have been done. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. Hello and welcome to Thursday's Rugby Daily. On the way we'll hear from Keith Wood on the disturbing study from the University of Glasgow plus the realities of Worcester's winding up. But first the teams are in for tomorrow night's Desperation Derby at the Sports Ground where Connacht christened their new 4G pitch with the visit of Munster. As hinted by Andy Friend earlier in the week there will be a first appearance of the season for Connacht at half Jack Carty. He hasn't played since undergoing wrist surgery in the summer but he travelled to South Africa with the rest of the squad last month and has trained to the Connacht staff's satisfaction this week enough to start at number 10 Carty's return sees David Hawkshaw switch from out half to inside centre forming a partnership there with Byron Ralston the other change among the backs sees fullback Conor Fitzgerald start in place of Oren McNulty in the forwards Gavin Thornbury packs down in the second row in place of Leva Fifita and is the first start on the blind side for 22 year old Seamus Hurley Langton so the Connacht team in full sees Fitzgerald start at fullback with John Porch and Mac Hansen retaining their places on the wings in the centre it's Byron Ralston and David Hawkshaw and a half-back partnership then of Jack Carty and Kieran Marmion the front row is unchanged with Dennis Buckley Dave Heffernan and Finlay Bealham starting Gavin Thornbury and Ushin Dowling are the locks with Seamus Hurley Langton joined by the experienced pair Connor Oliver and Jared Butler there have been questions raised about Connacht's decision to install a 4G pitch at the sports ground and that it perhaps might take away some advantage that they have at the Galway venue. But Finley Bealham says the new surface can positively impact upon their performances. I don't know. I'm sure you're all aware we get a lot of rain and wind around here. The pitch can get pretty pretty buggered up by uh, you know November, even at the earliest. So the fact that we have a 4G pitch now, we can play our brand of rugby all year round. It's something we're really excited about. And we've got great footballers in the squad and real natural footballers, I would say, as well. So um, the fact now we're going to be able to play a game all year round, regardless of the weather, weather, weather and the pitch won't be slowed down, it's going to be excellent. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to Friday and the weeks to come at home. It's uh, It's been a minute since we were back here, so um, we're looking forward to playing our brand of rugby come Friday. Now to Munster, who bring back some big names themselves for tomorrow night's game. There are first starts of the season for Joey Carberry, Connor Murray and Gavin Coombs. They replace Mike Haley, Craig Casey and Jack O'Sullivan respectively. The other change is in the second row with John Klein returning from a head injury to replace Finney and Witcherly. On the bench is Ireland under-20 Grand Slam winner Fionn Gibbons who will make his first senior appearance for the province tomorrow night. Young lock Edwin Adogbo could also earn a third cap of the campaign. The team in full sees Carberry start at fullback with Connor Phillips and Patrick Campbell continuing on the wings. In the centre then it's Malachi Fekatoa partnered by Dan Goggins then the halfback pairing of Ben Healy and Connor Murray. Much like Connacht, Munster's front row remains the same with Dave Kilcoyne, Niall Scannell and Keenan Knox all starting. Jean Klein and Tyg Byrne are in the second row and it's a back row then of Jack O'Donoghue, Captain Peter O'Mahony and Gavin Coombs. Now Keith Wood says the findings of a University of Glasgow study are very worrying. They found that rugby players were 15 times more likely to develop motor neuron disease than non-playing members of the public. 412 ex-Scotland internationals were studied and compared with 1,200 members of the general public. The former Ireland captain discussed the issue on Wednesday Night Rugby. Yeah, they're pretty terrifying and it's 
it's a reasonable sized study. It isn't it isn't a tiny study. Um, and the line that comes out of it that there needs to be more study done on, on it straight away is something that sticks out an awful lot. I mean, the, the headline number is terrifying. Um, and the idea of uh, of this being, you know, not taken fully seriously would be would be would be truly terrible for the sport. So um like whatever has to be done to to gather more information for that has to be done and has to be done very very quickly um i had by coincidence i was with Jody weir um for the weekend in scotland and and as you know Jody was was diagnosed with motor neuron five years ago and um uh he truly is a force of nature it's but it's incredibly debilitating um what he has managed to do in terms of highlighting the the, the issues uh, are pretty stark, and he has managed to fundraise a colossal amount of money with it. And his his drive, um, his mental fortitude is still absolutely there. But it's it's tough. It's very very tough. Um, I remember when we were doing a, a fundraiser at one stage a couple of years ago in in Dublin. Um, I had a conversation with. Um, with one of the researchers, one of the motor neuron uh, disease researchers, and um, and she had said that um, high energy activity had a correlation to higher numbers of motor neuron disease, and so the more studies that come out from this, the the I'm going to say the better, but we need to get to the to the root cause of them because we don't want to have this. It's it's such a debilita- debilitating. Um, disease we don't want to have any more of this of that number 15 times seems um ludicrously large so it's it's pretty terrifying there's a constant push to try and make the game bigger as in more matches more leagues go into other places um rugby is it's a big sport but it's nothing like football and um, I think we continually kind of maneuver along the lines as if the economics that are involved with football will somehow relate to the economics in rugby. And whereas the only place that that seems to fit at all seems to be in France, maybe Japan, even within England, uh, there was a, a report during the week just on the pure economics of it, of how much in a whole all the clubs were. Now, the reason that they're not all struggling is because they've been funded by somebody who's been willing to pay um, to pay the amount of the shortfall every year. So the turnover of these as businesses needs to be an awful lot better um, or the players' salaries have to be cut very significantly. And in some respects, the salaries would have to be cut as a business. But, you know, I don't know that you want to say to, to guys that for what you're putting your body through, you should be paid less, you know. So it's one of those very kind of uncomfortable type of of conversation. Mm. But for me, the game is just extended too long in the year. Um, There isn't a a definable off-season, really, because actually there's tours in all the off-seasons, so pretty much you end up with six weeks. But the amount of recovery level is, is... um, is not quite there. It isn't as defined as you'd like it to be because it never really um, had a coordinated uh, approach towards what professional rugby would be once the game went open in '96. Yeah. So if it had been all tied into um, to the unions, then it might have been looked at very differently. But now there is 
different people own different rights. And because of that, they have put a lot of money in towards it. So they're looking from it from that perspective. Um, but for me, for the enjoyment of playing, and I'm long since playing, I'm nearly 20 years retired. So that idea of wanting to play every week, of course, we wanted to play every week, but you do want to have an end of a season. So if there's any way of tidying it up, it may come down to the idea that uh, health and safety grounds may be the forcing mechanism for mm. a restructuring of the game. But like, it's just, it's just disturbing to, 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 um, to, to read those reports. Keith Wood there, and you can find the entire Wednesday Night Rugby podcast along with Rory O'Connor in this OTB Rugby feed. Finally, Worcester players have been relaying the realities of the Premiership Club being wound up. Some, like Duhan van der Merve, have found new clubs like Edinburgh, but for others like Joe Batley, he's been explaining the situation of those perhaps less fortunate while speaking to Sky Sports. Yeah, I mean, the light at the end of the tunnel was, was always there for us, to, for it to happen at Worcester. Uh, unfortunately, now with, uh, with the contracts being liquidated and as we've been... Uh, uh, made redundant uh, it's, we've had to look probably selfishly at ourselves um, I know personally I can't go two months not being paid so uh, yeah I think uh, it's tough because everyone really wished for it to go well um, I truly feel for the fans the fan within me uh, I couldn't imagine being uh, a 10 year old boy back back home in Portsmouth losing my home club so on this grand scale the the amount of supporters the community losing uh, a team in the premiership uh, is unbearable obviously you've still not been paid for september there are members of staff here that were only paid 65 percent of their salary for august to are now again looking for jobs for, for so many people who you work with on a daily basis who give you massages who give you nutrition it must be incredibly sad to see yeah i mean not only are they are they good workers, but they're great people. Um, everyone's stuck together. Everyone's kind of wanted, wished, and willed it to work. Uh, not only for for the club, but for each other. And the fact that this has happened to them is is tough because they put the ultimate sacrifice last month. They they got paid only sixty five percent, and they're never going to see the rest of that money or indeed this month's money. So yeah, I mean, they uh, they put a personal sacrifice for for the better of the club, and unfortunately, uh, the club the club's not. Uh, not going to pan out how he wanted. Joe Batley there. That's it for Rugby Daily today. Don't forget to post your feedback to this podcast, especially the positive stuff. I have been Richie McCormack. I will be again. I'll talk to you tomorrow.